You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. I'm going to be stepping on some toes tonight, a bunch of kleptomaniacs. We're talking about stealing and uh, know how some of you are. I, I know it. Exodus chapter 20 tonight. You know, we used to have pins in these pews, and some of you, if we, if we turned out all you ladies' purses right now, what would we find in there, all right? <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. Exodus chapter number 20, and uh, four words is what we're reading tonight out of this passage before we go to another one. But uh, talking about foundations of morality, and, and certainly these Ten Commandments are things which uh, give us a foundation, an undergirding of, of God's morality uh, in law form here. And uh, we're looking at verse number 15. Let's try to memorize it together tonight. Here we go. Thou shalt not steal. There it is. Good job. I had faith in you and you came through. Thou shalt not steal. Father, we ask for your blessings as we're looking at a a text tonight that is very familiar to us, but oftentimes, Lord, uh, it seems like messages like this and uh, a a quick statement about stealing, we would all agree with and say, absolutely, we agree, don't do that. But tonight, I pray that, Lord, you'd impress upon us uh, in a deeper way as Christians. Uh, Maybe it's not the egregious forms of stealing, but we also need to be dealt with on the micro hearts of life that others don't see, and I pray that you'd help us tonight, convict us where we need it, change us where we need it, and we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What does it mean to steal? It means, obviously, you know this, you could give a definition yourself, to take that which belongs to another without the owner's consent. Now, tonight, if I were to say, how many of you have stolen something? Every person in here would, has, has stolen something. You say, no, Pastor, I've, I've never stolen anything. Well, you, you broke commandment nine. You're, you're a liar. So we, we, uh, we've all probably done something, whether it be a, a piece of candy from someone when we were kids or a pencil or, or whatever else, maybe an automobile, Grand Theft Auto, anybody? Do we have any of that in here tonight? Okay. Have some teenagers on their way to it, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. The interesting thing about Exodus 20, as you're digging in here, is remember, Exodus means they're leaving something. What were they leaving? They were leaving Egypt. And if you'll remember, when they left Egypt, God told them, borrow from your neighbors gold and jewelry. And then God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so they left and They didn't give back the gold. They didn't replace those things, so God told them to steal, right? No. I believe it had to do with the fact that they had been in bondage and slavery, and God was giving them an income that they rightly deserved as they were going to the next land there. But that is an interesting thought to consider as they're coming out here of Egypt. In fact, if you'll look at Exodus 22... Exodus 22, verses 1 through 15 are all about stealing. I encourage you to read that. If a man steal an ox or a sheep and kill it. And there's lots of different commandments there about stealing. 
about, you know, how do you repay this form of stealing and things like that. The, the command of stealing is repeated in the New Testament several times, several times, because stealing hurts people. God's giving people a right to property for a specific reason that we'll get to later, but it, it, it hurts people to steal from them, obviously. And uh, the Bible tells us, we'll get to this later too, that we are to work and labor so that we can give to those that are poor and give to those that are in need, right? Have you ever noticed, you know, people oftentimes say, well, I think people are basically good. You know, human beings are basically good. Have you ever noticed what happens when the lights go out in a city? You remember what happened during COVID, during the peaceful protests? I remember seeing the results of the peaceful protests in Long Beach where all the uh, businesses were boarded up because the windows were broken during the peaceful, the peaceful, extremely peaceful, the, the peaceful protests and uh, how they were missing everything out of their stores during the peaceful times. And you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, opportune, crimes of opportunity. The lights go out in a city and everyone thinks, oh, it's time to steal stuff. I mean, it just... And it's, it's built into some people. But there are different types of stealing that maybe we don't associate. I listed several here, more, more of the, uh, the bigger forms of stealing that we think about. Pickpocketing, grand theft auto, shoplifting, burglary, bank heists, fraud. Fraud is a form of theft. Identity theft, kidnapping, plagiarism is a form of theft. Embezzlements, extortion, racketeering. Corporations steal from people. Uh, pyramid scheme leaders steal from people. Cult leaders steal from people. I saw a picture on the Saturday Evening Post from a hundred years ago. It wasn't Norman Rockwell that drew this this particular picture; it was someone else. But it was a lady and a man uh, standing face to face. And I meant to have the picture on the screen tonight. I hate having to describe it to you, but uh, I did have it saved, and I forgot to send it in. But it's a, a shopkeeper and a woman. They're both probably in their 60s, and there's a scale in front of them. And you know how it had, it had the weight here, and then the, the scale here would tell you how much it weighed. And she was buying a turkey dinner, and she had her finger under the scale pushing it up to make it seem less. And the shopkeeper had a finger on the scale pushing it down, trying to make it seem more. Everybody's a crook. I read about a hotel recently. I read about a hotel in the first year of its operation of this hotel... They had to replace 38,000 spoons that were stolen, 18,000 towels that were stolen, 355 coffee pots that were stolen, and 100 Bibles. (laughs) Can you get saved from a Bible you stole? No, yeah, you can. I'm just messing with you. I want you to write this in. Unless we think we're better than others, Christians are thieves too. Christians are thieves too. One commentator said the the truth is that theft is pervasive at every level of American society. And like everyone else, we Christians are in on the take. Yeah, there are a lot of so-called Christians out there that are, especially the people on TV, that are so money-hungry, they're fake, and they are swindling people out out of money. It is a sad thing. Remember who Jesus was crucified between? Two thieves. Two thieves. So I'm sure we'd say, hey, everything you mentioned so far, Pastor, I'm with you. That's all wrong. Grand Theft Auto, yeah, that's bad. Racketeering, you know, obtaining money from illegal means, oh, yeah, that's bad. All of that stuff is bad. Well, let's talk about some more common things that hit home a little bit with us as we go through here. Here's some other forms of stealing. Not tithing. 
I don't preach on tithing much at all. But the Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet you say, where have we robbed thee? In, in tithes and offerings. You know what robbery is? Robbery is different than theft. A, a, a thief breaks through to steal in the nighttime. The thief cometh, you know, and no one's watching. So the thief breaks in secretly. A robber is somebody that comes up and puts a gun in your face and says, I'm taking your money. And God says, will a man rob God? You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. It's, it's stealing from God. Now, the thing about that is, when we don't give that tithe to God, God gets that tithe back from us somehow. You will tithe, but you can either do it with the blessings of God, or you can do it with God getting it back from you. You say, how does he do that? You ever have car troubles? Medical bills unexpected? God will get it back because it's his. Not tithing is a common form of stealing. Number two, people who refuse to work. I'm glad our country has a welfare system because there are legitimate people that need care. There are. Now, sadly, there's a lot of abuse in that system. But the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. That's a Bible principle. 2 Thessalonians 3.10. For even when we were with you, this we commend you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. If you're able to, and you're able to labor, but you'd rather just steal from someone else's labor, then that is not okay in God's eyes. What about you say, well, I don't do that. Have you ever lied on your time card? You know what you're doing? You're You're stealing. Quiet. You guys were all with me like a minute ago about the, about the hotel with the towels. What about taking office supplies that don't belong to you? Mm. Is that the Holy Spirit's voice we hear tonight? About using your company's equipment for your own personal projects or your own personal gain. What about not putting in a full day's work for a full day's wage? That's, that's stealing. I read a stat recently, and it said, employee theft of time and property costs American businesses and their investors more than $200 billion per year. And that was a stat from 20 years ago. Not tithing, people who refuse to work. Number three, lying on your taxes. Boy, I'm glad we're getting this in before April. It's stealing. You say, well, I don't agree with the government and I refuse to pay my taxes. I will do my best to visit you in prison. I'll do my best. Can't make a promise with that. Depends on where you're located. But uh, you got to pay that. Deceitfulness is lying. It's stealing. Now you say, well, the government steals. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And politicians steal. Politicians waste taxpayers' money. Ever notice the the national deficit that we have? Robbing from future to pay for now. Uh, Governments accruing debt. Yeah, but that still doesn't make it okay for us to steal. Number four, what else is a common form of stealing? Not paying someone what they're owed. Someone did a job and you refused to pay them for that job or you refused to give them what you agreed to. Form of stealing. Leviticus 19 13, thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all night until the morning. Look, if, in other words, you hire somebody, you give them their wages. Cheating someone out of what, they've, uh, what you owe them is stealing. I believe false advertising is stealing. False advertising or, or even deceitful packaging is stealing. 
You ever bought a box of cereal? This is near and dear to my heart because if I, there was RU at our church, there was an addiction ministry, I would be in there for cereal. And I've, I, I haven't had cereal in many days. It's like the addict, you know. I've been, I'm clean, I'm sober for seven days. So I, I have been sober from Fruity Pebbles for about seven days. But, I, maybe sober is not the right word. I haven't had, but I, I enjoy cereal way, way too much, especially at night. Like, especially at night. Cereal tastes better at night than it does in the morning. I don't care what you say. Something magical happens. But you buy a box of cereal, you just bought two-thirds a box of air. You ever buy potato chips? I'm not a chip person, but uh, uh, we, we have the, like a Doritos bag or something at the house, the Cool Ranch. About, uh, I only eat about two different chips. I'm not a really chip guy. But I'll open the chip bag and I'm like, you know, like going to fall down the rabbit hole like Alice trying to find a chip. Why? I, I think it's kind of false advertising. You get a bag this big with this much chips? No one's with me on this? All right, I'll keep going. But I get worked up about chips, Pastor? I do. It's stealing. I think they're lying. But not paying what they're owed, not not doing what you agreed to do is stealing. Number five, borrowing without repaying. That's If you take something without repaying, that's not called borrowing anymore. Because borrowing implies you give it back. Exodus twenty two fourteen, and if a man borrow aught or anything of his neighbor, and it be hurt or die, the owner thereof being not with it, he shall surely make it good. Some people have no intent of repaying when they borrow things. I've heard it said before that if you lend money to a friend, you better be prepared either to never get it back or lose a friend. Someone said a lifelong friend is someone you haven't borrowed money from yet. Now, be careful about that. Those are just some more common forms of stealing for you. What's the cure? Go to Ephesians chapter number 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible gives us a cure here for uh, stealing, if it is a problem. I think as Christians, it is on us to have the right testimony when it comes to the workplace, what we do. Look at, if you would, at... Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 28. Let him that stole steal no more. Hey, there it is. What's the answer to stealing? Stop it. But it goes on a little bit more. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Say, so what's the answer here, Pastor, tonight? The answer to to stealing is threefold. Number one, learn to work. This get-rich-quick stuff helps nobody. It is on us as parents to teach our young men and to teach our young women how to work. It is not work to play six hours of a video game. That does not equal work. uh, As far as I know, there's no job openings in Long Beach for uh, help wanted someone to play Smash Bros for eight hours. As far as I know, there's nobody like that. Well, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, a a TikToker, Instagrammer. That is the most annoying sentence I've ever heard in my life. 
I'm going to be a social media. Look, okay, if you're making something for the Lord out of that, but, but we, we've got to teach people to work. I'm thankful that I, I didn't have perfect parents, and I certainly wasn't a perfect kid. But I'm thankful that they taught me to work. As a kid, I had calluses on my hands. My youngest son the other day was like, what's a callus? And I was like, you're going to find out. Get out in the backyard. You know, just kidding. But, that, but I was, yeah, absolutely. I said, it's where you've been working hard and these parts of your skin are sore and they get hardened and, you know, chopping trees. We and of course, we were more in the country than Long Beach. But, but that idea of teaching to work is so important. Albert Barnes said, no man is dishonored by labor. Work, labor is a good thing. Pursuing honest employment. Paul Paul was not uh, chargeable to the Corinthian church. He said, I, I have every right to accept missionary funds from you guys to be a missionary. He said, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want you to think that you have any power over me. So what did he do? He was a missionary planting churches and a tent maker on the side. I was working, laboring. I, I have the utmost respect for you men and women in our church who you go to a job and you labor 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, and then you come to church and you're serving in ministry. I have great respect for that because you're laboring, but then when you come to church, you're laboring for the Lord. I I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it is an extremely admirable thing. We, we have done such a disservice to our, our generations when we don't teach kids how to work. We pass them through classes so easily in our society because we don't want to deal with the problem that they can't do math, that they haven't worked hard enough, that they will not put the effort into learning English or learning math or learning whatever it may be. And so our society, and not every school, but our, our school systems a lot of times just I had teenagers in my youth department in 12th grade that were illiterate. They could not read. They literally could not read. We'd sing a hymn book song. They're holding it upside down sometimes. They literally could not read out of Jordan High School. I'm not preaching against Jordan. I'm saying that some people are like, you're not my problem anymore. Get out of here. And, and, and there's a problem with that. Work is so important. You want to be good at school? You got to work at it. You want to be good at an instrument? Guess what it takes? Work and labor and hours. And if you're going to play guitar, sore fingers. Uh, you know, uh, if you're going to be good at your job, you actually have to work at your job. And if you're going to be good at your marriage and you have a good marriage, it's going to take work. And if your kids are going to be raised right for God and turn out as good citizens, it's going to take work. And if you're going to do anything for God, anything for God, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. Learn to enjoy the work. Some are too old to work. Some are too young to work. Some are too feeble to work. And I believe in a support system for those people, but that's not the majority. Someone said there's three ways to get wealth. Work for it, have it given to you, or steal it. And stealing is bad, in case you haven't caught on to the lesson tonight. Number one, learn to work. Secondly, here's a cure for it, learn to save. Learn to save. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, credit card debt in America jumped over a course of years from $5 billion that Americans owned in debt to $500 billion that Americans had accrued in debt collectively. But today, 
It is, I looked at it today, it is $1.13 trillion of debt that Americans have in credit card debt. Credit card debt. What is that? It's a society that says, I don't want to save for that, I want it now. Can you afford this car? No, but I want it now. Can you afford this new living room set? No, but I don't want to save for it, I want it now. And so we pull out that magical piece of plastic and we run it through a machine and then everything just shows up magically in your house. And if it's from Ikea, now you've got to do the labor. You've got to have 16 hours to put the thing together. Some instructions from Norway. The average American has $6,500 of credit card debt. That's an all-time high. You know, my parents would tell me these stories of like back in the old days. And like, you're not going to believe this story, but what they used to do, my parents, what they used to do is, if they did not have the money to buy something, they didn't buy it! And I'm like, wait a second, go back. Could you say that again? <laughs> it's crazy, like, the, the, you, you saved for things and then bought it. My wife and I have never had a car payment. We've been married 17 years. I refuse. Why? What do we do? We save, and we save, and we save, and then we buy. That's how I got the Ferrari. I mean, uh, the, uh, the, the minivan. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's bad to do that. I'm not saying it's bad to have a car payment. I, I'm just saying we, we, don't, we don't want that. I'm not saying I never will. I'm just saying that that's where we're at. Uh, we, we, we believe in saving and buying things. It's so much more rewarding to labor for something to save for it, to look forward to it, and then to buy it. Then to just get everything you want every time you need it. We're saving for my first big guitar, like, the, like, the, like a really nice guitar. I've played it many times here. Remember, I saved for a long time for that. It's my tailor with koa wood. I love, it's my favorite thing. And, I, and it was just, it's, it, my kids asked me, what's your favorite guitar? I said, that's my baby. I have 12 guitars. I know that's a lot. But, but that one is my baby because I saved so much for that one. You know, the Bible also says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You realize that when God has given you something, he is asking you to be a steward of it. God doesn't, and I want to make this statement, God doesn't give us things just so we can own them. We are to use what he has given, what we have been given by him for his glory. So when God gives you something, and you've possessed something, it is to be used for his glory. Ownership, property, what we're talking about. Someone may steal something, but when God gives you something, it is to be used for his glory. So you are to be a steward of that, whether it's your time, your talent, your finances, whatever it is. Steward those things. And I think, you know, instead of just purchase, 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 the answer for stealing, instead of just, I want something right now, is a little bit of patience by learning to work, learning to save, And learning to give is the third one. Learning to give. Look at the verse again. I think we see all these here, to be honest with you. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. So you don't have something you need, work for it, save for it. Working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. So it doesn't say, get all that you can so that you can hoard it to yourself. No, he says, uh, the, the, the pastor is saying, look, no, learn how to work and save and get it to yourself so that, so that when a need arises, you can give. 
you can give generously. Ephesians 4, we just read that verse. But uh, Kent Hughes, who was a pastor a long time ago, he said, every time I give, I declare that money does not control me. Perpetual generosity is a perpetual de-deification. In other words, I'm not going to make it a God. I'm making it not a God. De-deification of money. Perpetual generosity is a perpetual de-deification of money. I, I saw this recently, this three basic attitudes towards possessions, and I thought it was good, and so I put it in the notes here. It's by a, a preacher named Jerry Bridges from a long time ago. Three attitudes towards possessions. What's yours is mine. I'll take it. That's the attitude of a thief, and that is a big attitude in our country. What's mine is mine. I'll keep it. That's a selfish attitude. So you could have the attitude, what's yours is mine, I'll take it. What's mine is mine, I'll keep it. Or what's mine is God's, I'll share it. And that is a godly attitude. A godly attitude. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rust nor a moth doth corrupt. So, or thieves do not break through or seal. You know, so God's given us so much of this, so much of this idea of when you die, nothing is going with you. Except for the treasure that you laid up in the heaven bank account. By giving, by loving, by serving, by what you did for God. So, we ought to be using what we have for the Lord. So tonight, you know, it's a lesson on stealing. You're like, Pastor, none of us are stealing things. But I think sometimes when we narrow it down a little bit to what stealing can be, we see, you know what? I think we've all done some stealing from time to time. And maybe God tonight can just impress upon us, I want to be more honest in all that I do. I want to earn my keep. I want to do right. I want to learn to work. I want to be careful with the finances God has given me. I want to learn to give when God has uh, given, uh, laying it upon my heart. So tonight, the question's at the end there for you to take home and think about. Are you being honest in all your transactions? Are you being a good steward of what God has given you? Are you making wise financial decisions? And then lastly, are you giving as God wants you to give? God knew thousands of years ago that stealing was not just an Old Testament problem. It takes on new shapes and new forms. And so let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us and maybe point a finger and say, this is not honest. This is a form of of stealing. Let's get that right. And let's be honest with the Lord and let him do that in our hearts and lives tonight.